0: x Get it Come on. Hey everyone and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly x-men podcast where we rank every story from a to z i'm adam and i'm zach adam
1: hey, qu- a- real quick yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. uh ask me a question that only i would know the answer to
0: what did we get for dinner as an appetizer at c2e2 2020 at that bar while everyone else went to a wrestle show
1: a pretzel the size of a baby that's <laughs>
0: Adam, you passed.
1: Oh good Good job. I'm actually me. I'm not in disguise. I'm not a shapeshifter. I'm You aren't you aren't a scroll.
0: You aren't a secret person. (laughs) You you have to be Adam. Because as we know in comic books, as long as you verify their identity multiple times, uh it has to be that person, right?
1: (laughs) I guess, yeah. Sure. uh i guess we'll find out today in fact
0: fact, there is there is a rule when it comes to shapeshifters like mystique here's here's what you want to know if you want to figure out if somebody's mystique in a comic book how many times do they prove that they're not mystique in a short period like on one page if they do a biometric screen a voice (laughs) screen a password it's definitely mystique
1: yep yep
0: otherwise they wouldn't even show it
1: (laughs) they're just like hey you got access to this lab but yeah, we are talking about Mystique this week. Uh, we've got got some Mystique stories for you. We got some
0: weird. Myst- Here's the thing about Mystique, and we're going to get into this. I never really liked Mystique. Really? Um, okay. Um, as like, Mystique was fine. She was she was the character in the movies, and I liked that because I was nine years old, and she was a naked blue lady, and I was like, okay, <laughs> Mystique seems neat. Uh, but I've I've never i had i didn't have a strong affection for mystique in general until Hawksbox and really that that one hickman issue where she was like i want my wife back i was like perfect great i love her i love her <laughs> she she loves her wife i understand you now mystique
1: see i've always really loved uh the claremont mystique and the claremont run mm-hmm. um especially because one of my earliest uh x-men issues was the one where at the very end of the issue um she appears to shoot Val Cooper. Um, So I was like, who the heck is this? What is going on? (laughs) Uh, But as these uh, stories will prove, the different versions of Mystique that have gone through publishing are are a little different than what Claremont originally designed, I would say.
0: They are. There's a lot of Mystique. uh, There's a lot of very different Mystique around. And, you know, we talked about two extremes, early Mystique. I mean, you didn't go as far back as Ms. Marvel, but, right. you know, you still went to early Mystique. I went to late Mystique, current stage Mystique. Uh, Mystique, who I think Inferno 3 comes out on Wednesday as we're recording this. Ooh, so like Exciting. Yeah, so like, maybe she's going to burn down an island and we're going to look like <laughs> real fools. <laughs> who knows? Who can say what's going to happen? What I can say is that Patreon supporter will went on over to patreon.com/comicsxf and said, "Folks, I want you to talk about this one story that we're saving for the end. Uh that's about Mystique." And then we said, "We'll do a whole episode about Mystique." And then because we're weird, we picked weird stories. <laughs> we sure we, did. <laughs> we were like, "Okay, Mystique. What's some dumb Mystique stuff we can talk about?" <laughs> not not the good Mystique stuff. Not the stuff we just talked about. It's like, oh, I really like this Mystique story. I really like this Mystique story. Folks, in the spirit of our last story, we picked some dumb Mystique stuff. And that's what we've got for you today. Starting with Sabra and Mystique. Uh, a mini series by Jorge Gonzalez and a young Ariel Olivetti.
1: Yeah, uh, advertised in in various ways on the covers as, you know, this is an exciting new, you know, team up. Or later in this, they're described as this generation's Bonnie and Clyde. And I I don't think that's accurate, but um, they do team up here. And uh, this is a weird one. (laughs) This is very strange.
0: Yeah, this is a four-issue mini from 1996. This so this is, is
1: like peak Sabretooth popularity, right? Like he's had... This is... This is solo.
0: This is past the solo. This is past... Uh, I forget what it's called. Red Alert or whatever it is. When he escapes and screws up Betsy and Warren for a while. Yep, yep. Uh, it's, it's past all of that. And it is just after he has started on the government-sponsored X-Factor team. Which, spoiler alert... Does not go well. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> Shocking everyone. Sabretooth being on a team doesn't go well. Who who could have guessed?
1: Yeah. Um, I want to start by just talking about Olivetti's art here. Um, it's pretty striking. And uh, he's really good at drawing monsters. And, um, you know, he's he's got kind of like a Kevin Nolan touch in, in certain times to his artwork. It's it's a little inconsistent depending on which page you're on, but uh, I really enjoy it in places, especially because I think this might be one of the first places where we start to see Mystique use her shape shifting powers in some different ways. You know, she's not just assuming identities. She's actually becoming like winged gargoyles and monsters and stuff.
0: Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah, I, w- I want to put a pin in that. I want to. I want to make sure I address Ariel Olivetti. Uh, his art doesn't look like his art does today, right? Oh no, no, very <laughs> different. It looks like a completely different dude. Uh huh. I, I don't. know if it's great. It, it's fine. It's there. It's. It's so nineties. It, it, it very it much. I don't is. know if he was was Olivetti tied to one of the image houses uh, before. Moving mm-hmm. over to Marvel,
1: I'm not sure. I don't know, but it is it it is really reminiscent in, in a couple of places too. Like I mentioned, Kevin Nolan, Nolan was doing uh, Super Patriot with Eric Larson at the time, and I I or at mm-hmm. least around you know this this time period, and it it bears a striking resemblance to that in places.
0: Uh, to answer my own question, no, his first uh, his first U.S. stuff was on the Last Avengers story in 1995. Uh, So this is like his second U.S. work. He's an Argentinian Hmm. uh, artist. And yeah, this is he has very few credits at this time. So this is very early. That's interesting.
1: Yeah. No, but you can you can see him picking up different influences. Like um, at the end of the first issue, obviously, we haven't talked about the plot yet, but there are um, some what do they call them? Techno assassins and uh, from from A.I.M., And, uh, they kind of look, they look like Simon Beisley drawings, you know, like, so you can see there's a, there's a little hodgepodge of influences here.
0: It is, uh, getting to mystique. Do you like that mystique can do things that aren't just turned into a person?
1: I, I'm not a huge fan of it because it, it brings up a lot of questions about, like, what her power set is. Because there are several times, I think, not just in this series, but in other things that we'll talk about today. Where, like, she transformed. Or, no, 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 no. This happened last week when we talked about in her pack, in Power one. Pack. Yep. And she changes mass. Like, she becomes this, like, giant creature. Or grows wings and flies somewhere. And, you know, traditionally, we've always seen Mystique just become another person. Not become, the, like, a monster. To the point that
0: Claremont, in a very claremont thing, like, gave her strict definitions of what her powers could and couldn't do. And, like, altering mass was one thing. Like, she had to stay roughly the same shape, or her proportions are off, or whatever. Or, you know, she doesn't, like, gain weight. She just changes what she looks like. I I understand the appeal of being like, let's give Mystique wings and make her I hate it. I hate it when they do that. Yeah. If if Mystique's turning into angel, that's a different story. If well, Mystique's just turning into someone with big old wings, I don't like it.
1: And it is it is like the first time she turns into like this gargoyle creature, Sabretooth is uh, like you're talking Well, go ahead. It's a it's talking... it is a character, right? Yeah, you're talking about the gargoyle. Yeah. From Defenders? Yeah, she and she's she I says like, defenders. "Hey, I don't know
0: what Defenders is about. I'm sorry.
1: No, but but she's like, yeah, I picked uh, you know this this character up from from that like, and you're like, oh, okay, but can't you just pretend to be anybody? But now you could pretend to be like a winged, horned, like giant beast. I I don't know. It is addressed in here that like she's not actually, or or I think it's addressed later in another um, series that we'll talk about today that like. Her maths is still saying the same, so that like it's it's really her pretending. But then, like, what are the wings? Like, it's almost like she's image projecting or something, and that doesn't t- that doesn't work for me. You know, it's it, like
0: it, when people have her be Wolverine and then have her claws do the things Wolverines claws do. Mm-hmm. No, you shouldn't be able to do that. It's it is good that characters have limitations to their abilities. Yeah, it is. I. There was a there was something that I've always been kind of a proponent of. You know, why not give Peter Parker organic webbing like in the Sam Raimi movies? It streamlines it. You don't have to explain how this kid made a sci fi invention to swing around all this stuff. Like I was, I was very hard on that until, and I forget who it was. I believe it was an editor said a line of, "Yeah, we." It's great because now you have a built-in weakness to Spider-Man. Like, if you need to raise the stakes, you can immediately say, he's out of web fluid. What's he going to do? Right. Yeah. It's good that there are limitations. It's good that at the start of House of X, Jonathan Hickman said, hey, there's like 15 Omega level mutants and no one else is. Like, we're going (laughs) to cut it off right there. I know you want your faves to be super powerful, but guess what? This isn't a freaking battle board. Everyone is as powerful as the story needs them to be anyway. It's fine. Just, like, let them have limitations. It makes for a better
1: story. Agreed. Uh, Speaking of story, this one is... um, It's convoluted, but it's not really that complicated. They steal a marble-sized device from AIM out of the body of a dead guy. Um, Adam,
0: before we get to that... Do you always just like initialize aim?
1: Oh, am I? Well, no, sometimes I say aim. Have I been no, just you saying said A-I-M?
0: AIM? You've been saying AIM this entire time, and I'm sitting here like, <laughs> is this like, ha, have I just now figured out that Adam calls it 616 or something? Like,
1: what? <laughs> I do say 616. No, I don't. It's I'm wrong. kidding. It's <laughs> 616. Yeah, uh, it's but nice I do nice. call the FBI, the Fibby. Um,. No, I'm Understandable. Kidding. <laughs> uh, and we get introduced to Ames' villain. There's two main villains in this story. Um, and one of them is not Doug Ramsey, but her, her name is Cypher.
0: Commander Cypher.
1: Yes. Uh, who's kind so of. So this old... is not Cypher, and it's not Other Cypher. This is a third
0: bespoke X Men Cypher.
1: Too many Cyphers. Uh, at first, I thought her name was Cyber, and I got confused. It's not Cyber. Uh, so this is. Cypher 3 just has like robot arms and not super happy like wires in her head
0: she's a nothing character it's she's generic generic 90s villain
1: oh 100% Um, we're also getting flashbacks to a, um, a raid that Mystique and Destiny are involved in as is Sabretooth Mystique is pretending to be a member of Mossad um and taking on this this secret agent's uh personality and they are in conflict with this character named catalyst who can like i don't know what is his deal he like affects your body chemistry
0: yeah i guess i don't know man here's the thing y'all this is not a well-written comic and it is reaching to be something more than it is so it's hard to keep track of
1: well, yeah, because um, because of the flashback stuff, um, we, we get these flashes of Mystique interacting with Destiny, and Destiny keeps talking about, you know, the future as if it will be very dramatic and important, and yet the future that she's talking about is basically like the end of this series where they throw Catalyst off a building or something. You know, it's not like world-changing or anything and and destiny is usually talking about something that is pretty big you know
0: yeah now i don't like that destiny exists in this story to get beat up and to provide motivation for mystique to hate this catalyst guy yeah i don't love that i do love that destiny and mystique's relationship in this story is unambiguous (laughs) they if they oh, are yeah. friends they are the best friends i've ever seen
1: <laughs> well sabertooth even comments on it. he's like man you really care about this chick what's the deal you know
0: sabertooth the father of one of mystique's children <laughs> it's like oh oh okay right on
1: yeah so in the flashback they think they've killed this catalyst dude turns out well his his superpowers allowed him to magically survive and uh you know comes back kidnaps mystique again he's He's, got he straight up
0: joined the nazis by the way at this point
1: he he's he's
0: hydra but not like hydra as in they're really just cobra nope from gi joe no this is we're hydra and we really think hitler made some valid points
1: yeah he's very big on uh wanting to be the successor the the correct successor to strucker um and uh mystique is like yeah yeah you, you know what strucker was all about right and he's like oh yeah mm-hmm. yep that's what i that's no, what i'm into
0: the nazi stuff <laughs> super just right there he's on board
1: so we have um we have aim and we have their techno assassins um who are just like look like kind of dudes in i don't know extreme biker gear i, I guess like and i mean like bmx gear like they look like they're wearing bike helmets and shoulder mm-hmm. pads um and and carrying around Bowie knives and then you've got uh the catalyst dudes uh he's got these sort of igor monster guys that are what are their names dismember corrosion
0: and dismember
1: yes they're kind of fun one of them's got a barcode stamped on his forehead <laughs> they're very 90s you know
0: they're the they're the best they're the best design in this i'll give
1: them that yeah um, and you know, Mystique and Sabretooth beat everybody. And, and that's just how it goes. Like, it, and then they just go back to X factor. <laughs> right. Right. So like this whole deal about the flashbacks where it's like destiny is saying to catalyst, you'll see my face again before you die. And it's really just, okay. Mystique pretends, you know, flashes into uh destiny's appearance and throws catalyst off of a high place. Like
0: that part is good. I actually do think that that sequence at the end, Yeah. Regardless of how it is, the buildup isn't earned. I think that page works pretty well because the one thing that Mystique, who actually has personal stakes in this, her big stakes are you screwed with Destiny. I don't care what you did to me, you screwed with Irene, and I will drop you into this piranha water.
1: Yeah, I think that's the strongest part of this. Um, You know, I agree that the the backstory of having Destiny be you know, beat up and chained to a wall. I mean that all that stuff's unnecessary. But the idea of Mystique going after somebody for revenge for hurting Destiny, you know yes. let let Mystique John wick it up a little bit, you know? I do think the the major weakness here is probably that Sabretooth is here. Um and
0: Sabretooth who's the bigger name,
1: but right is
0: also the like He's got nothing to do. No, easily the least developed character out of the two.
1: Probably the best thing that happens to him is there's a whole sequence where um, there's a moat with piranhas in it and he's fighting uh, Hydra dudes while getting chomped up at the same time. That that part's pretty cool. But overall, I I don't think there's too much here that's memorable, because as you say, like you start and begin at the exact same place.
0: Yeah, it doesn't and it doesn't change anything about Mystique or Sabretooth role in x factor it's just they're there it's a story that happened and like i had not actually read this until i was reading it for this show it's one of the very few
1: that's interesting
0: this is one of the very few ones that it's like zach had not had a chance to pull this one up yet
1: (laughs) did i say Uh, did i say start and begin at the same place before but doesn't make i don't remember
0: things i say on this (laughs) podcast five seconds after they happen (laughs) Someone this week was talking about jokes I made, and I said, maybe. Sure. Did I make those? Sure. Okay, let's yeah. go with it. Yeah. Yeah, I said that. Uh,
1: so, yeah, I think if you're checking this out, it's, uh, you know, a curiosity of its time. If you're a Mystique fan, you might, you know, dig it because of the, the Mystique Destiny stuff, but it's not, there's not much of it. Um, and. I think you might also want to check it out if you want to see what Olivetti's art was all about uh, at the beginning of of the career. Yeah, it's a weird it's a weird artifact,
0: uh, but it's got to have some place on our big old list. Yes, uh, you know about our list, right, Adam? You know I how we're do. on the road
1: to six hundred. Yeah, we're we're getting closer every day.
0: We we've almost got six hundred stories on here. Five hundred eighty-two wow. at last count. Wow. Uh, the number one story. Uh, these are all ranked from best to worst, in case you were curious. Uh, with the best X-Men story of all time being House of X, Powers of Ten, uh, the hundredth best being Wolverine Dupe, the two hundredth best being X-Men the manga. That's like the adaptation of the animated series, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's the, that's that's the best <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the best manga. I had to think yep. for a second. Uh three hundred is special addiction X-Men number one. Uh, which is really a reprint of Giant Size with a really fun backup in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 400 is uh, the Uncanny X-Men stuff with Gene Nation and also Rogan Iceman's Road Trip. 500 is Emma Frost, 1 through 6, Higher Learning. And the worst X-Men story is the Draco. And probably will stay that
1: way. Um, yes. but I you, mean, just today never it know. is. Just never know.
0: Um is this better or worse than the Romulus arc of Wolverine Origins?
1: I think it's somewhere along... Uh, uh, w- what number do we have that at? Because that's that's kind of on par That's at 503.
0: With
1: I don't think we're that low. I, I think there is that... there is some fun here, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it's not much, but, like, um, we're on par with, like, a, a low 400 story here. Um, at 500, we have Emma Frost... Higher learning. Yeah. Um, um, I think this is better than that.
0: I don't think this is better than Quest Probe. You know Quest Probe?
1: Yeah, the Marvel Fanfare uh, uh, video game tie-in. <laughs>
0: yeah, because I'm looking right above that. I kind of like everything that's above it better than this. Uh,
1: well, we may have just found our spot. Are we, are we wow. too high? Are we too high? Do you, do you want to go lower? I, I think we're in a good space here. I'm looking what's we, below. We are, because I... So I probably think, personally,
0: yeah. that this is worse than the Emma Frost story, and it's worse than X-Men 67 through 70, the infinitives of evil. Yeah. However, I am willing to concede that if you're if you're saying that you think that this is better than Emma Frost, who am I to judge?
1: I think that's a good spot for it. This could be our new 500.
0: This is going to be our new number 500. It's Sabretooth and Mystique.
1: Nice. Uh speaking of different versions of Mystique, uh we're Jeez, going. To, bud. We're gonna to jump to one by uh, one of the most famous comic book writers of all time.
0: Yeah, uh this is a Brian K. Vaughn story uh with Brian K. Vaughn. Uh you know Brian K. Vaughn from Ultimate X-Men,
1: right? <laughs> yeah, that's how everyone The Man knows Who Wrote him. Stairs. Oh man. Uh What
0: was it about Ultimate X-Men who took Big name creators and made them do some terrible stuff. Between Vaughn and Kirkman, I tell you what.
1: Listen, I don't think this series is really um, going to change anybody's minds about Vaughn's time with X Men character. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm
0: trying to think. Uh, Brian K. Vaughn has written some incredible comics. Yeah, uh, Why the Last sure. Man was obviously hugely influential at the time. Uh, And is still a good comic with some underlying issues in the world building. Uh, Ex Machina, which I've never read and never want to because it's an early 2000s politics story and that sounds like it's aged poorly. Saga rules. I have my issues with it. Saga's great. It's coming off of hiatus, baby.
1: I love Saga. I'm ready for it to come back. Uh, Just got to actually meet BKV at uh, New York Comic Con. Uh, oh did you ask him about mystique over.
0: volume one number one through six
1: <laughs> no no i was tempted to bring my uh, copy of x-men icons chamber uh with me but x-men icons chamber <laughs> the best thing brian k vaughn did at marvel <laughs> but i did opt for uh, my saga volume one um oh look at you yeah so um we're going to be talking about mystique number one through six the story is called drop dead gorgeous and uh, unfortunately, is illustrated by Jorge Lucas, who I don't think is very good.
0: As a person or as an artist? No,
1: no, no, no. I, I'm sure Jorge could be a very wonderful person. I know nothing about Jorge. Um, this artwork is not good.
0: This artwork is not my favorite.
1: No. It's bad. Uh, it's Jorge- very bad. I'm trying to think, because his name doesn't,
0: like, connect with me. Like, I'm trying to think of what else I've seen him do because he's done a good amount of stuff at marvel like okay he did he did some of the later x-force stuff like the the counter x uh did he did that star jammer series i've never read that i still want to oh no he oh he came in on number two that series must have had issues i've never read that star jammer series hmm. oh he did he did the colossus story where we found out that he's connected to uh freaking
1: uh oh he did bloodlines. yeah yeah i think the art probably got better by then but uh this though not i don't remember best. bloodlines having great art either but man there are depictions of women and anatomy in this book that just do not make sense they baffle the mind
0: so this comic came out in 2003 and
1: boy did it come out in
0: 2003
1: <laughs> how could you tell zach <laughs>
0: Brian how, K. Vaughn. How would you know? Brian K. Vaughn is doing the Joss Whedon thing where he's writing like Joss Whedon. Oh my god. Like this 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 feels like it's an episode
1: of Buffy? The fact that in issue one there they name check Kaza. I love that. Hold on. I
0: think that might be the best thing I've ever read.
1: I was like, <laughs> this, I can't believe this is actually happening.
0: It is she she's name checking that, which for for our youngs uh you know how Spotify exists <laughs> yeah imagine if Spotify was purely or poorly curated, illegal, <laughs> and would download just terabytes of porn viruses if you clicked the wrong song
1: It was basically the next generation after Napster
0: um it was
1: and, and then uh, it,
0: it went for that to LimeWire, and then i i don't know i was out of the game
1: yeah there was this glorious time uh in the early aughts of of rampant <laughs> copyright infringement that uh, was i they've, they finally figured out how to stop people from doing that i guess but well, the, the way for is the, most part. the
0: way is to stop that is if you make me pay you five dollars and i get all of my music and i don't have to do anything and yeah. i'll pay five dollars you make it easy i i it's uh, it's incredible i can just listen to whatever i want and not worry about it and do the songwriters get paid as well
1: i was gonna say i think that's the solution that the, the companies came up with is not pay anybody it's the, it's the solution <laughs> that
0: that i am dealing with and because we do have uh our podcast listed on spotify uh we will say no more
1: sure uh, uh, we don't you know, I don't think Spotify is listening or, or cares, but um. I, I wonder
0: if Spotify is listening. Spotify, Spotify, <laughs> if you can hear this, please re-add the Coheed and Cambria song Deranged uh, that was written for the Batman Arkham City soundtrack because it rules. And I don't want to go to YouTube to find it every time I feel like listening to it. Uh, That's so, the song Coheed and Cambria wrote about Batman and the
1: Joker. I've never heard it. I got to check that out. It rules. It's good so, actually. So young younger listeners, that's what Kazah is. Um, she says this line while wearing a uh like handkerchief top, which is also like very indicative of the time. Uh oh my god. Later this in this is... series, um, George W. Bush gets name checked. Fidel Castro gets accused of um having arranged the or or Cuba as a nation gets accused of um, planning the JFK assassination, and which, to be fair, is a common conspiracy yes, theory. Yes, yes, uh, and not to be outbeat, this story does have Evangelians in it. <laughs> yeah, this story super just so here's here's we're,
0: we're jumping back to yeah,
1: Give me that give me the rundown. Give unit me one. What is what is yeah, the story? Yeah,
0: so it turns out you know Professor X. Familiar. Well, he has decided there are some things that uh, his X-Men need to have plausible deniability about. They cannot know his actions. He cannot let them know his actions. So he actually has uh, a network of wetworks, assassins, spies all across the world. Uh, You feel like when people are talking about the crimes of Charles Xavier, this would be one of them. No one ever talks about how (laughs) before any of this, he had his own secret assassins group.
1: Yeah, he's got Uh, his own little network of uncanny X-forcers out there. And uh, this first, uh, I guess the the premise here is that he's going to ask Forge to help him get Mystique to become one of these these people, these spies, these assassins. It it turns out one of his his agents,
0: uh, Prudence, uh, she gets killed by a guy named Steinbeck, like the author.
1: Who can breathe uh, fire.
0: Who can breathe fire. Hold on, you haven't gotten to the end. Let, let's just leave it there, but Adam, keep reading the series if you want some weird twists on this <laughs> entire thing. Because it, it okay. all ties back together, man. Just might. We'll see. Anyway, she was getting data on Russia yes. and the Russian Sentinel program mm-hmm. uh, that they made as part of the Cold War arms race. Uh they were mostly decommissioned at the end of the Cold War, but then they sold some to Cuba because Cuba was buying. So Professor X needs that stopped, and he, you know, blackmails Mystique into doing it. Essentially, saves her from being assassinated. And that says. Here, I have hidden you from all of the governments. But if I hit this button, all <laughs> of government will find you, and they don't like you. So you you work
1: for me now. It's a pretty st- doing a it bad. It's a pretty stupid premise because Mystique can obviously take care of herself. But it d- it does make for uh, an interesting scenario because Mystique is then uh, teamed up with a very tiny little man, the size of an action figure, named Short Pack. <laughs> Sh- <laughs> Short Pack kind of rules. <laughs> He's funny. He's just a little guy. <laughs> That's all. He doesn't have any real powers. He's just, he's any, he, he's not a little person. He's literally the size of like, you know, an he's action, an action figure. figure. He's tiny. He
0: explains that his nickname comes from an action figure collecting term. Yeah. Yep. I, which I had never heard of, but uh, I had never either. But at the end, of, at the end of the day, uh, Brian K Vaughn is making mystique do an alias. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, Alias is also name-checked in here. Oh, Not yeah. the Brian Michael Bendis comic. No, the... Uh, <laughs> the TV show that Brian Michael Bendis, I am sure, is constantly angry about.
1: <laughs> I would be too, right? You make a comic and then there's a... J- uh, uh, well, who who, who did uh, Alias? Was that... That wasn't Joss Whedon. That was... Um,
0: no, that was Abrams.
1: It was Abrams. J.J. Abrams, yeah. Oh, man. So, uh, you mentioned the Russian uh, Sentinel program... In a, in a, it is funny, you know, but they basically take uh, what is it, unit three, the red one?
0: No, it's
1: this,
0: is it? I feel like its design is uh, EVA unit two, but it is painted in Soviet colors.
1: Hold on, it...
0: I've only watched Evangelion once and I didn't care for it. We're not gonna actually, no, you're right, this does just look like EVA unit two. Now that I'm looking at it, it is two. This right? is it's this it's, is
1: it's Oscars. Uh, As- As- it's Oscars. As- 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 yeah, I said three before. I got that wrong. Um,
0: no, three. Three is the purple one. That, yeah,
1: yeah. yep, yep, yep. But yeah, it's just one a,
0: is the purple one. Three, I don't know what th- three. Is somebody's I didn't watch Eva, guys. <laughs> y'all know this. Or I watched it, but like, you, I'm not an Eva person. Something else It's the fine. Time.
1: Um but yeah No, they, I
0: was watching it mostly. It doesn't matter. This isn't an Eva pod. But they're
1: just like big chunky versions of an Evangelion. Um so like they even have their own launching platform that looks exactly like Evangelion.
0: Yeah, uh Jorge Lucas was watching some Eva <laughs> off of uh off of off of kazah He ripped he ripped some Eva episodes off because I was like, yeah, this is the primo stuff right here. <laughs>
1: and uh it took him
0: five days to download that episode but he loved it
1: yeah and then uh we we oh another um uh era uh nod is the game boy advance um that forge gives <laughs> to mystique which is supposed to do de- is involved by the way guys you yeah. all know forge i do love that he reprograms a game boy advance and she's like a game boy and he's like no a game boy advance <laughs>
0: It's a Game Boy Advance, maybe... This is 2003. When did the SP come out? Was this outdated? I don't know. That's possible. Forge is collecting the old systems. Was Um, SP... Nope. SP was... Yeah, SP was released in Japan in 2003, so it really hadn't hit the states at the time. all right. So Forge isn't up on his...
1: uh, But but Mystique does get uh, forced into an uncanny X-Force-type situation because it turns out that they are controlling the Sentinels via the mutant powers of a small girl.
0: Yeah, it's this little Cuban girl uh who one of the uh, revolutionaries uh trying to overthrow the commun- the dirty commies of the Cuban government. Uh Castro wasn't a great man. I'm not a tanky by any means. I just think that we also demonized the idea of, you know, socialism as a nation for a long time and maybe we should rethink some of those actions and how we reflect them in media regardless of all of that this revolutionary does have to kill his little sister it's rough
1: is it his sister it's his sister it's his sister
0: yeah 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 bud it's his little sister he has to shoot her with a ak it's it's bad
1: it it also doesn't quite make sense like it's he's he has spent the first like we've got to know this revolutionary in a couple little back scenes and his whole deal is he wants to save her and he gets to the scene as like, eh, I guess there's only one solution, and he like shoots her. I mean, it's really, I don't know. It's weird and poor. I feel like that's it's a poor, that, poor writing there.
0: It's weird that they have it set to like have Mystique make the choice so that she's not an evil person by killing a kid, and then the plot still gets to resolve itself, but it doesn't really address how messy all of this is. Yeah, it's. It's very much... Again, Brian K. Vaughn, real good writer, generally. This series is very much built into the exact time and mentality that even progressives had in 2003. It is so heavy on the idea of, you know, shoot first, ask questions later, or, you know, like, we have to we have to strike before they strike us again. Yeah. Like...
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely a Homeland Security, like by by on any means necessary types uh, mentality here. But, you know, uh, if Mystique, you know, did murder a little kid, it it wouldn't be as exciting when she meets Brad Pitt at the end of the sixth issue.
0: <laughs> Mystique at the end of issue six, the teaser is Mystique's going to be a double agent and work against Xavier from the inside, which I think is actually the most interesting way to take this. Like, I get the feeling that what really happened here, and I have no evidence for this, is that they saw that well, one, they were launching their Tsunami line, mm-hmm. uh, which Mystique was a part of, uh, which this second week in a row we've talked about Tsunami. What's up with that? Uh, but it was it was a line to pick up on the wave uh, of manga in the early 2000s so mystique being a prominent female character and at the time in 2003 one of their most prominent female characters in mass media given the success of the x-men movies uh, she was a breakout hit from that movie yeah
1: yeah absolutely listen
0: listen, if you if you only read the comics, you question why they made mystique the central character of the like prequel x-men movies if you'll if you were around in 2003, you don't question that as much. You're like, yeah, I see. I see what, why they did it. I mm-hmm. was there. We all remember. Yeah. But they tried to catch that. So Mystique was one of those books and I'm guessing they said, let's make a sexy spy book. And I guess Mystique, she's a villain, but she has to be the center. So make it work, Brian. And I do like the idea of her being a double agent at the end. Cause it, keeps mystique as a wild card and unpredictable character and that's where she thrives is when you do not know what her real intentions are
1: I agree uh, unfortunately that's not really part of this story um No
0: it's just it, it's not
1: <laughs> and this one's a a a mess uh I, I think to put it kindly the the art as i mentioned is pretty atrocious, uh, especially when it comes to drawing full figure women from head to toe. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's it's just kind of like a collection of references and it doesn't add up to much. Um, do I think it's better than the first story we talked about? Probably maybe. It is. It's better than Sabretooth and, Wolver- but, and Mystique. Like, but I wouldn't go too high, honestly.
0: I'm I'm not saying it's great, like, the at 436 and thir- 437, we have that Exiles King Hyperion stuff that Chuck Austin did, yeah. and I think
1: that's better comics than this. I, I, I agree. I'm actually down around Poptopia at 484, um, and I think we're in a strangely similar sort of area. Oh my gosh, we
0: are, you aren't know? we?
1: Like, that that weird kind of uh, pop culture reference you know, oddly... He- yeah. Here, I think I think we can I think we can square this circle. This is better
0: than the trial of Juggernaut at four seventy nine. Yes. The Chuck Austin story with She-Hulk. Yep,
1: yep, I would agree. A
0: lot of confusion. Yep. It's probably not better than that Generation X Gen thirteen issue at four sixty nine that's not by Art Adams.
1: No, it's not. It's also I don't think it's as good as Either Days of Future Present or uh, Wolverine Volume 2, Number 102, uh, which is the the silent Larry Hama issue. Let's, let's do... Here's what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. I would say this is probably on par with Reign of Terra at 475. Yeah,
1: okay. Sure.
0: I think the Nova issue is better uh-huh. in general because I like the idea of a fun kids Halloween special more than this. Yep how do you feel about it compared to cyber force x-men
1: <laughs> this definitely has more substance than cyber force x-men so uh i would put it above that
0: above or below reign of Terror? what do you think
1: um i think that the art in is reign of Terror the first one yeah
0: that's the cube it's one. the first yeah, one, yeah, reign right? of is okay
1: better. i think uh the Kubert is is better so uh yeah as
0: as i said it i i saw the direction this was going (laughs) yeah this is our new 476
1: great um hey you know what let's let's finish with a really terrible one
0: (laughs) we were talking about this off air and this was the request i like to think that beauty is in the eye of the beholder (laughs) and for some of us and this is a reasonable stance to take some of us we just see pure quality up and down black and white some of us see weird shades of gray where something can be terrible in fascinating ways and that oddly endears it to you. And that's the difference between you and I on this comic Adam is that this very bad comic is easily the most entertaining thing we read to me
1: of the th- of the three things we read. Uh Oh yes. It's definitely got that Chuck Austin like I'm rubbernecking at a car crash kind of feeling to it. Because it's rough. Uh, This is (laughs) X-Men Volume 2, numbers 171 to 174. Uh, Cue the New Order, Bizarre Love Triangle.
0: Yeah, this is the most Chuck Austin comic that Chuck Austin didn't write. Peter Milligan did. Man. And Salvador La Roca draws it.
1: The more we read... The Peter Milligan era of X Men it is
0: very bad. Oh, it is. That people know that the Milligan era isn't good because he only does like four stories. He right. does Golgotha, which is right before this. Yep. He does Bizarre Love Triangle. Mm-hmm. He does the Wild Hunt, the crossover with Black Panther that sets up Storm's marriage, and then Blood of Apocalypse. Uh, right. Well, the House of M. He, I guess he does House of M and then Blood of Apocalypse. Yeah. yeah. And they're all bad. All of them, universally, are bad comics. This one is... The, the difference between Milligan and Austin in general is that Milligan's is boring bad, while Chuck Austin's is disastrously, impressively bad. Bizarre Love Triangle flirts with that Chuck Austin line right there.
1: Uh, You had said in a, in a previous episode that one thing you can always count on for Chuck Austin is that there's an element of horniness to the book. And
0: that's the difference on this. Yep.
1: (laughs) This book is really pushing a very strange envelope, which is that the story centers around Fox F O X X. Don't say that too many times too fast. And uh, Fox is a young student who is new to the uh, Xavier mansion who is put onto Gambit's team. And the story is essentially a romantic triangle between him and rogue who are having issues with their relationship. And this new, I mean, the, I'm not going to like mince words. The, the preview for this issue describes her as a Lolita. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what they're going for now. I want to be clear
0: because this is something that Milligan does very intentionally. Gambit constantly and continuously rebuffs her and says this is inappropriate. I want her out of my class. I don't want to deal with this. Like this, this is all bad vibes and I would like not to not to mess with it. Like I'll give I'll give Milligan that credit. Gambit says, "No, I understand what's happening here and I do not care for it.
1: Please, I love my wife Rogue." Okay, we have to address, though, that before any of the flirtation happens, this character is extremely, very, very poorly introduced. Um, yes. We see the character being chased through the woods in shadow by some hunters, arrives at uh, the mansion, and is immediately being talked uh, about as a sex object by both Emma Frost and Alex Yes. And there's a creepy level to this that is just off the charts in just the first couple of pages of this story because there there is no subtle to the to this whatsoever. This character is no. being treated as uh sexualized from from like page what, 3 or 4. Um, the character then shows up and is very clearly a minor. Is also drawn I, I do not understand Larocca's approach to drawing Fox. Oh I can tell you I
0: understand perfectly his
1: approach is horny I I guess but also like draws a face on this character that is like kind of like harley Quinn-ish with like a big chin. It's I don't know it's 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 an odd character design as well. She has like knife teeth. And like claws, and I, 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 just don't, I don't understand what this character she's is trying supposed to look to like be. a
0: fox. She's trying to look like a fox. It's a pun. Yeah, she's I a guess. pun character. I guess. And yes, I agree that this book treats her as a sex object from page one. I also believe that's an incredibly intentional move. Like Milligan knows that he's doing that, and I'm not giving him a ton of credit, but just looking at how this arc plays out because spoiler alert fox isn't real fox is mystique yes Uh, and mystique is in very weird motivations because the 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 teacher student love triangle part bad but it knows it what mystique's trying to do is seduce gambit as rogue or just i I don't know a, a good way to say it Mystique wants Gambit to have a release. <laughs> Mystique Mystique knows that Gambit has a lot of pent-up uh, sexual energy and wants to ensure that he has an outlet for that. Gambit is, at this point, a pretty darn good boyfriend and is like, no, I want to go to therapy with Rogue to work out some of our issues with this so that we can find a way to make this relationship
1: work. Well, this is an interesting aspect of the story that I think is is actually kind of an interesting dynamic, is that Emma is helping them through couples therapy. So she is setting up a psychic platform so that the two of them can interact. Whether she can see what's going on is kind of like bounce back and forth. Um, No,
0: she says she absolutely can see everything. (laughs) She makes it explicit that Emma is watching you, which I'm going to be honest
1: creepy weird cool with it i don't know where are you at on that i
0: i personally feel like i would be under a lot of pressure if emma frost was watching me perform
1: (laughs) right it's it's i feel like that would be i
0: i feel like that would be very intimidating because i know emma frost has opinions and i'd be like i don't i don't like this this is uncomfortable
1: (laughs) we do get a flashback at one point to x-men 4 uh volume 2 4 which i i love we get a little basketball gambit
0: We do get the basketball gambit uh, because because Rogue's just talking about when she fell in love with him. And I get it and it works. But this story is just so bizarre because then because then all that you have. So you have Mystique reveal herself uh, and then there is a never resolved thing of she turns into Rogue and it doesn't it leaves the door open on whether Gambit uh consummated his relationship with mystique or not
1: right the arc ends. i like specifically with um because another part of this is that uh mystique is interested in not only breaking up gambit and uh rogue but hooking rogue up with pulse who we see in later milligan arc um so none of this i don't know man it's all just like super creepy
0: Also, Mystique wants to join the X Men. We forgot about that.
1: Right. Yes. Well, there's a vote to see if Mystique will join the X Men. At least she pretends that she wants to join. I mean, we don't. I don't know if we really know that for sure.
0: No, she does end up joining. This does play into Supernovas, like yep. Yep. Supernovas is like a year after this. Yeah, year, year and a half.
1: Um. The other thing that's happening in this that also adds to the, like, really weird sexual nature of this story is that Onyx um, develops a very unhealthy crush on Fox um, without really any context whatsoever. Like, they've barely even spoken, and he assumes... He's
0: 15 and she's hot. I get it.
1: Yeah, but he basically assumes by midpoint in this story that, like, she belongs to him uh to the point
0: again he's 15 i do not condone this behavior i understand
1: it's just weird it's just weird It's you know like there's a lot of very creepy weird stuff happening in the story that is very uncomfortable
0: this story takes a very frank look at sex and sexuality in a way that most marvel comics never even come close to i don't think it's especially successful at dealing with any of those topics, but I've got to appreciate that it's trying. Like this might be the horniest comic on our list.
1: Um, It might be aside from some of the uh, interactions that Austin writes, but um, I I can't, I can't in good faith applaud this though. You know what I mean? Because the, the way in which it's done, especially through um, trying to seduce Gambit with an underaged character, the way that Mystique is, it seems simultaneously out of character for mystique um, yes and just a very it, it's just in very poor taste like i i don't really understand what milligan is trying to achieve with this story
0: i don't i don't know why he adds the jailbait element to it right
1: like you that's a you could have a more sophisticated story like you're talking about with a more yes. interesting character being introduced no i think
0: i think that's a I think it's weird because that's who Mystique chooses to be. Like that's what she thinks will work. And I think it's I think it's clear that this is not behavior that is being condoned by this book in any way, shape, or form. Mystique is obviously the villain here, but it is just if you're gonna take a swing that big and you miss, you're gonna miss hard. Yeah. And that's that's what happens here. I will say, Salvador La Roca's art in this inked by danny mickey i mean i've seen a lot worse out of la roca art
1: oh sure i mean this is just kind of like middle of the road la roca, and i don't love it i you know especially some of the faces and things but it's not like the worst thing you've ever seen um i do think the depiction of fox is just vastly different from from Page to page, you know, depending on whether well, you're... she's a shapeshifter. I know, but whether you're looking at Fox from like face on, or whether it's like from the side, or below, or whatever it is, I mean, the character just doesn't look the same from page to page. But, you know, that that's just a limitation of of whatever Lorica's doing there. Um, I don't like it. I I think it's bad. Um, I agree that I think it's interesting, but I think that the way in which Milligan goes about this and the 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 fact that he thought this was the best way to approach this kind of a story it just really seems odd um and i'll be
0: honest i am i am constantly thinking what in the world is milligan's upcoming ecstatics
1: ah same same because it's going to be weird, right? It's like, it's definitely going to be weird and we know that Allred's going to be firing on all cylinders, so it's going to look oh, really it's gonna good.
0: It's going to be beautiful, going to be but great. But what the hell gonna is the grand? story going to be, right? I'm not sh- I-, I think I've said this on this podcast before. I'm not sure I necessarily want Peter Milligan's specific old British man uh vibes on culture and his thoughts on celebrity and reality shows and all that stuff i'm not sure i want that in the year of our lord 2022
1: here's what i know i know i'm not ready yeah i don't think i'm ready for it (laughs) don't know whether i need it or not i do want
0: to look at some mike allred art though Mm,
1: it's so good sure yeah this is this is bad uh i think this is like in the 500s for me um just you know this this has a similar vibe to it of of like an nyx or something where you're just i i question the motives of the creator i don't understand why uh they have to go this route and uh it's it's it leads to a very very bad story to my for my taste
0: listen i do think this is bad i want to be clear i think this is a bad story i don't think it's as bad as nyx I feel like this is, this knows what it's doing and is being intentional in a way that NYX isn't. Now, it is failing at what it's trying to do, but I do think there is something to be said about a comic that falls into some rough territory because it's trying too hard to get there versus a comic that's doing that because like intentionally they think that's what the comic needs. I, like, I don't know. I've, I think you're giving this to NYX. I might be giving this. To I think you're
1: giving head. a way too much credit. And here's why, because you're absolutely correct in that there's an intentionality to this, that, that NYX is, is pretty much missing. Right. Um, and NYX sexualizes its characters in ways that are extremely uncomfortable, uh, throughout, right. throughout. Right. Um, multiple times, multiple underage characters. Um, this has that a- added layer of nuance that it is someone pretending to be somebody else. But we still have to take into consideration that, yes, while there's intentionality here, it was Peter Milligan's intention to not only introduce this character and lead the the, the reader to believe that it is an underage character and that the adults would have these offhand remarks and and reactions to this yeah. character and
0: the way that every other adult besides gambit treats fox is abhorrent
1: it it, it is very out of character for all of them as Even well
0: gambit is towing a line right like gambit gambit's not gambit's not trying to hook up with an underage kid he's not handling the situation the best he's also not a professional educator i don't think gambit should be around children in general for a variety <laughs> of reasons
1: <laughs> i agree uh but, you know, the, the, it's, the writer is placing these two characters in a shower scene together, you know, is placing uh, yeah, them. Yeah, there is that. That's the know? one.
0: That's the one that's real bad. And I know Gambit was just already taking a shower like a regular person and immediately says, please get out of my shower. I'm showering. But it is. A, this is such a weird story, man.
1: I think that this is worse than Storm the Arena at 568. That's Extreme X-Men 36 to 39.
0: I don't know if I agree, but I'm having a hard time coming up with anything that I disagree with that. Here's where I'm stuck. I think as a story, it is put together and told better than a lot of the stuff near the bottom of our list. It is a bad story, though it is it is it is a story that needed another pass in editing just to like make sure hey is this really the story we want to tell
1: yeah i mean listen something can be very cohesive and like actually have okay art and still be offensive and still like be making incredibly wrong decisions and out of character uh you know dialogue and and actions with its characters and that's exactly what this book does you know alex summers that is not a reaction i expect from alex summers you know what i mean yeah uh... it's not the kind of thing that you know you expect your your x-men to do when am
0: i coming up with a better book in my head than this book actually exists that actually exists like am i thinking (sighs) well if you did this if you changed all of these things, maybe this would be interesting.
1: Well, you know there is the potential for something really interesting here. If,
0: but it's not realized. But
1: it's certainly I, not.
0: We've we've been we've been agreeing with that the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, you've got me. You got me. This is probably a better comic than Hyperstorm from Fantastic Four, right? Like, yeah, I'll, I don't I'll give know. it that. I'll give it that.
1: So we want to <laughs> let's make it five. Want to slot it in at five sixty nine.
0: I really don't now that you said it like
1: that. <laughs>
0: you knew <it. laughs> Just put it there. Just put it, it there. It is. It is, but uh, man, this is weird.
1: This is a weird
0: X-Men comic,
1: folks. Well, who do we have to thank for this illuminating conversation? I think this was actually a really interesting conversation. So we do have to thank Will. Uh, who Will. to we'll thank Will. Thank you, Will.
0: Thank you so much, Will. We appreciate it. Uh, I know you picked this story specifically so that we got to have the uncomfortable conversation about what Fox's whole deal was. So thanks. (laughs) This was a whole weird episode, Adam. I feel feel very weird about this episode. (laughs) I grew up very repressed, and even talking about sex as a concept is like I don't know if I should be
1: doing this. (laughs) You did just fine, Zach. You're you're doing okay, buddy. (laughs) Thanks, Dad. i don't know go support the
0: patreon people or don't maybe if you don't support the patreon we'll stop having to do this <laughs> um adam uh what's up with you what do you got going on
1: well uh we're about to go to c2e2 uh which is really cool so hopefully um... uh this
0: episode will be yeah we'll be at c2e2 after you hear this episode yeah so if you're going
1: yeah. find us, say hi yeah, I mean, obviously we'll be masked, but um, don't be afraid to come up and say hi. I will have Battle of the Atom stickers. Um and, I and No, I'll share some with Zach. Uh, and oh, uh, I will then. Look our, at that. Our good bu- buddy uh, Dan Grote is going to be there as well, um, the handsomest man in podcasting. So if you see sure. us around, um, don't be afraid to say hi. Last time we went to C2E2, we we met lots of listeners, and it was really cool. Um so we hope to meet some of you out there. I, I don't know who's gonna be there or what this is gonna look like, but we're hoping to I'm have just a kind good time. Of yeah. We're
0: gonna hang out in Chicago for a weekend and have a good time. Yeah, and if you're uh, if
1: you're not going, um I, I will be posting on uh Twitter at Arthur Stacy so you can follow along at home. Next week on the show we have a special guest from the Cerebro podcast,
0: Connor Goldsmith. Nice. Coming. We're going to celebrate all things revenge. Nice. Oh, cool. In uh, a very interesting episode that I'm excited for. Man, I don't know why we do this to ourselves. We just give ourselves some weird things back to back, don't we?
1: <laughs> Looking forward to it.
0: Uh, but until then, folks, this has been Bow the Atom, and we hope you survived the experience.
1: Get it!